Nice. So what's up? Oh, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, I've been waiting for so long for you to ask me that. I want to pull a Blair and just go, oh, you know. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's kind of the vibe. Like, given the, given the everything of happening around us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, is, you know, is, I am not. Is, you know, you you obviously know this, but this is the the first voice the people are hearing after the after the three month hiatus post October that we needed to that we needed to gather ourselves because there was absolutely no way I would. <laughs> you know what's funny is that um I know I know I'm sorry I'm talking over you but you know what's funny is that I said I'm not doing fear baiting for the next three weeks because I'm not fucking doing that while the election and dog shit is happening, and then I was like, but what if I started a different podcast? <laughs> And I and I and I told you like like you know you're working really hard like you know you probably shouldn't start another podcast if you want to like you know relax and take a little bit of a break and it's a confusing time and what did you say to me about about your new podcast I don't what did I say to you about my new podcast? you said you said hold on I'm bringing it up I, you I said it's actually harmful for me not to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen <laughs> it is though like if if I don't have a podcast to talk about the anime and the manga of Jujutsu Kaisen, I will just spend the entirety of my days rewatching episodes and being annoying at my friends until they watch the show. Which, like, I'm doing enough of that already. I've seen episode seven of that show four times now, I think. And you've read the entire series. Oh, up yeah. To this point. And, I, and I've, like, reread parts of it alongside friends who are rereading <laughs> it, too. Like, I was up at, like, 3 30 a.m. last night because my, my very good friend, previous guest of the show, Ash, was, like, reading the, the most recent 10 chapters. And I was like, okay, I got to read along with all this shit <laughs> oh my gosh that you see you know i i i i could never um uh handle you know like like i could never handle the pressure of like doing like a book club um that that somebody else was facilitating because like i'm a, such a slow reader that uh-huh. you know i if i assume that like if that were ever to happen with you, me and you it'd be like You'd be like, "Oh, so did you finish the chapter yet?" And I'm like, "No, I'm still, I'm still reading." I'm still, yeah, um, yeah. Well, when it comes to like, at, when it comes to like books, like no pictures, just books. Like I am dog shit. When it comes to manga, though, I will read a hundred chapters in a day. I, uh, it's if it's good. It, hey, if it's good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, I, I the the I think the problem is is that like I. I just I just get so wrapped up in like my own like brain thoughts when I'm reading. Like uh I read the um that really big collection of uh Tome that uh, uh the Junjito stories. Oh yes. And that that a big tome of Tome stories, the the Tome A, uh it it took me like two oh, months uh, to Tomi? read. Is it Tome? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Tome, but uh oh, Tom- but- it's Tomie, actually. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomie, yeah, like that. Uh, that big collection by Viz like took me like two months to get through. Yeah, I mean, it 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 also like varies from thing to thing. Like, I have the hardcover of Uzumaki here that I got for Christmas one year, and I'm still like, I'm halfway through it, and it's good, and I love it. It's just like a, uh, I'll get to that, but like. The yeah. thing is, the Jujutsu Kaisen exists in time. I can read that shit all on my phone, and nothing, mm-hmm. no one can stop me. Yeah, yeah. Not even, you know, like, other things that you have to do, like homework or whatever. Absolutely not. Never. 
But uh, yeah, um, if my parents are listening to this podcast, I'm being very good and doing all of my homework. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we I am we, doing all. I am keeping up on my homework. But. That's good. That's good. And you know what? And like, keeping up with homework is like a, a fun, easy way to just sort of make yourself feel less bad about your habits. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like it's like am, it's like am I did I wear pants today? No, but I did finish all of my formulas and all my problems. So yeah. Did I did I put on pants today? No. Did I watch uh Haiku Haiku third year's AMV three times? Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, we have to we have to mix uh work and play. And it's and it's so hard to do that when you're uh working and playing from home. Yeah, this is extremely true. Yeah, podcasts. Podcast. Fuck Thanksgiving podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined by a uh, frequent guest of other podcasts I do. Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact. But first time guest of this one, it's John. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's uh, so good to be on Fear Baiting. It's been my lifelong goal to parasite my way into noisepace.xyz. And, you know, my, my actually. Fear baiting was my first choice, but actually they actually let me on HKIP first. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, but, but, you know, swings, roundabouts, everything ends up in its place. And I'm so glad to finally be on fear baiting. Yeah. You got to get your foot in the door somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so John, tell the, <clears throat> tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, what your background with horror movies are. And if you have like a favorite subgenre of them, whatever that is. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, my name's John. I'm a writer and poet from uh, so-called Canada, fake country. Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, and I'm, I'm a new podcaster, but I've loved podcasts a lot. And um, I guess my my real my real um, introduction to horror came when I was uh, 12 years old. I was visiting my dad, and my dad decided to put on. Uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, mm. and uh, distinctly remember feeling absolutely horrified at the uh, another brick in the wall section where the schoolboys are getting ground into 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 beef into into ground beef, yeah. and you know that was uh, my introduction to horror. And my brother, uh, who is a year younger than me, was you know terrified, just absolutely terrified of of, of horror films. But I weirdly grew into it and i and i really loved it um you know and and now i would say that i'm a pretty big uh horror fan um just love horror movies to death and uh i would probably say my favorite like a subgenre is is it is a kind of funny word for it because it's not really like a subgenre it's not like a formalized thing but i love home invasion horror 
I love home invasion. That, yeah. Thriller. That, those are good. I, I like those a lot also. You know, like like even like even something pretty bad like uh The Strangers. I remember seeing the trailer for The Strangers in theaters and there's that bit where I think it's uh it's Liv Tyler, yeah. Uh, 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 I actually haven't seen The Strangers. That's what we have to do for this podcast. I'm oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but Liv we'll Tyler's we'll standing for that one. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, there's a part where Liv Tyler's t- standing in her living room, and uh, the main stranger, the guy with uh, the sack over his face, right? Like sort of like from Little Big Planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he walks into this uh, in into the living room behind her in the shadows, mm-hmm. and yeah. just like, but the. There. Yeah, but the scene is entirely dead silent, and it's yeah. just like that was, you know, a movie that came out when I was a teen. So, but like at the time, it was like that was a movie that I saw where like a scene happened, and it wasn't just an obnoxious jump scare. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I like this. Yeah, I like, like this. Uh, the it's really the the purest expression of you of you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. There's a fucked up it, guy in that scene, and he's anywhere. Yeah, a fucked up guy can even live in your walls and the then get thing, jacked. The thing is that, like, our, our, you know, that's our thing, but, like, at the, the... The thing about horror movies is that what if there was a fucked up guy, though? Yeah, yeah, like, and, and, that, like and that's it, right? If All the questions are, what if X and there was a fucked up guy? What if you opened your medicine cabinet... What, what if you opened the mirror on your bathroom wall to get some pills out and then you closed it and there was a fucked up guy? What if you took a bath and in the tub pulling you under the water was a fucked up guy? What if you had a dream and there was uh and then you went to you, you went to fucking Disneyland with all your friends and then there was a fucked up guy with claws for hands? Exactly. You you could put a fucked up guy anywhere. And you, you know a, what? Honestly, the thing, is, the thing is, the more I say it, the more I'm believing it that you can really just put a fucked up guy anywhere. And you know it's 2020, so you know you could put a fucked up girl anywhere too. You know what? I don't we can. You can put a fucked up girl anywhere. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, and and you know, I think people, you know, pay a lot of uh, respect to um, you know, um Alfred Hitchcock and his uh, theory of uh, the 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 time bomb, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like, you know, the theory of suspense that like there's no suspense in a bomb going off um under a dinner table full of guests. Um you have to actually show the bomb first right. and then let the audience build up that tension in their head. Right. But um, you can also put a fucked up guy underneath that table. Yeah, instead I was going to say, let me, let me do you one more, Mr. Hitchcock. What if instead of a bomb, there was a fucked up guy? <laughs> and that fucked up guy, Alfred Hitchcock, he was kind of a dick. <laughs> he was kind of a dick, wasn't he? <sighs> yeah. But yeah, he, uh, that's why. Who, was he the one who killed? No, I'm thinking of Twilight Zone, not. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're thinking of John Landis. Yeah, yeah, John Landis, the mur- John Landis, the guy who murdered a, 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 an actor and two children. Yeah, not not great, not great. Um, yeah, but um, and also and also uh, uh, cursed the world with his offspring as well. Yeah, you know what? Max Landis peaked at the death and return of Superman and really went downhill from there. Yeah, I, I as someone who at one point really just like absorbed everything that that guy had put out, like, uh, like I was like, oh, he's so smart. He knows so much about writing movies, and like, you know, like he came out with wrestling isn't wrestling, which for a while was like the was like in the zeitgeist for wrestling fans, and huh. so, and so like people would bring it up all the time, like wrestling, um, 
YouTube channels would talk about it all the time and wrestlers were involved with it. So like it became a kind of meme and, you know, like, yeah. And so when it came out that like he was actually a huge piece of garbage, you know, then you kind of have to reevaluate your, your love for it. And it's yeah. like, was it, was, was, was he smart or was he just saying things that I agreed with? Right. Or that were a little bit novel that he may have taken from somewhere else. Yeah, very very similar reaction to me with Nick Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. But uh, we're getting a little we're getting a little bit off track here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We are gonna wa- talk about a movie called Blood Quantum today. Uh, but I guess before that, I just wanted to say. Thanksgiving is a fucking fake ass holiday, and uh, it, 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 it's National Day of Mourning, right? That's like the the, the word that I've I've heard for it instead. Soup, like one, like like I, yeah, just extremely young age. They just drill that like the settler colonialism in. Like there's still like the jingle that I have in my head of you know Christopher Columbus in 1492 sailed across the Great Big Sea, a very brave thing to do, like. I learned that at like age six and I, it's not left my brain since, even though I know Christopher Columbus is a rapist piece of shit. Who's rotting in hell. If you're a a new Canadian kid, like like you're never, you're not from Canada. You're from somewhere else. You come to school uh, in Canada. The first holiday you learn about is about how, you know, wherever you're at whether it's canada or the united states actually we do get along with our indigenous people and this is why and this is what we do every year we celebrate giving thanks and blah 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 and it's like you tie like a very common social norm which is like being thankful and a, and yeah. a virtue like being thankful with historical uh revisionism mm-hmm. it's like you know it, it's it's bananas to me that i think that people have allowed it to exist for so long and why it is still a thing is, is beyond me other than yeah. the fact that so many people don't learn about the truth about the um, United States and Canada until they're much, much older. Right. And that, and also the, you know, the, the fact that the people who are in charge of that, like probably are like the people who are the, you know, big go- not to get into Henry Kissinger's Pokemon going to die territory, but like, you know, Government really would probably rather you think of uh, their p- past with uh, indigenous peoples as hunky dory than uh, at the the absolute horror the absolute horror that it actually was. Exactly, and and I think that really brings us to the title of the film, Blood Quantum. Yes, and uh, you asked me. Um, what blood quantum meant while we were watching it and uh blood quantum uh for me as somebody who has, like, has taken indigenous studies and has really studied like the the law around indigenous people in canada and united states uh blood quantum laws are pretty fucked up they're they're a thing that i'm also like quite familiar with because um it's affected people who i know um blood quantum laws or indian blood laws are basically the the criteria that determines who can uh, be classified by the federal government as an as an Indian person. So, right, it's, uh, it's the it's the it's the um like uh, I I'm complete like the the uh, oh my god what the fuck like skull calipering for your blood. 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it's and it's an interrogation of who is your who are your parents and who are their parents and who are their parents, et cetera, et cetera. And it's and it's really fucked up because really the only reason blood quantum laws exist is because the federal government were very uh, keen on making sure that they had that their that the that the Indian population was controlled because yeah. at least in at least in Canada uh, Indians are actually um, wards of the state. Uh, we are not subjects of any prov- provincial, which is like states in um, the United States. Um, so any dealings with the indigenous people has to be with the federal government. And so the federal government wants to very strictly in, uh, 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 enforce and put on people the idea of like who is Indian and who is not Indian. And so, you know, historically, these laws have have been used to um, rid people of what's called status. Status in the United States and Canada, it operates a little bit differently. But basically, it's the idea of you registering yourself as an indigenous person, as an Indian specifically, with the federal government, and then and therefore being entitled to on paper, all of the treaties and laws and regulations that govern Indian people, um, when in fact, historically, there have been subversions of this. So in Canada, it was uh, if you were an indigenous woman and you married an, a non-indigenous man, you lost your status. And that was the law of the land until the 80s. Like, so I, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you say until the 80s? Yes. Yes. You okay. were. Yeah. Like, you I, would, I, you, I, I, I want you to know that, like, <laughs> have you played Among Us? No, okay, but, I've, but I'm familiar. The, I, I only mention because there's like a little, a little like hat you can give your character that just looks like eyebrows like two feet above the head. Like my eyes, like physically, my eyebrows physically went like above my head when I heard that, and then you said in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So, so my, um, so my mom was born in 1970. So when she was born. Her mother and her uh, 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 sorry, her grandmother, my great grandmother, had actually no had no status because she had married a white man uh, before my mother was born, and so because and so and so how blood quantum works in Canada now is if you are not registered as uh, as an Indian under the Indian Act, even if you are full blood Indian. And you marry somebody who's not in, uh, indigenous, that your ch- your your child will only qualify as one quarter rather than one half, and because because histo- because because it requires literally a line of documentation going back uh, generations, and for people who are no longer with us, you know, like. A, a sad amount of indigenous women who are no longer with us, who were, who were, who were, um, who lost their status um, before the eighties. That's a lot of broken lines of um, lineage and of tradition. And so, you know, uh, indigenous people often have to account for large swaths of their family so that they're able to keep track of who in their, in their family has had status and who didn't and you know this is the 80s and so we're we're not we're not even we're 40 years away from 1980 and so we haven't even really made it 
past so far past that point where people are able to get over it and sort of like reestablish those lines. Right. And so in addition to like, in addition to like the exact, the extreme recency of it. And I know this is like a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but like the idea, like I, I hear that stuff and I think about like in the hypothetical that like I had to keep track of my family's in information to that extent, like in the current age with all the digital information I can possibly have at my fingertips. Like that sounds like a trial now. And then back 40 odd years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Sometimes even longer because uh, there was, um, there was a program of called uh, enfranchisement. This uh, uh, it's called, it's called enfranchisement, which basically uh, was was a program by the government set up basically just after the Indian Act passed in 1876. Um, the the Enfranchisement Act basically said, okay, here's exactly what we're going to do. Now that we've created a class of citizens called Indians, we're going to immediately give them an opportunity to completely surrender their treaty rights. And so the idea was you could give up your your title as Indian and be given an allotment of land outside of a reservation and be given, you know, like a certain amount of money and then that's it. They would basically buy you out, essentially. Yes. And that... And that was uh, a process that was not very popular because, you know, very uh, because often people would sort of recognize like, you know, hey, I'm I am this and and I want to be recognized under these treaties as this party. And so, you know, they resisted. And then that's when they started implementing and supercharging the residential school system. Yeah, because it was literally not profitable enough for, for indigenous people to abandon their their status as Indians so they literally just decided to start uh, forcing indigenous people to uh, be assimilated and that's where residential school systems come from so blood quantum laws are still in effect they're still really yeah. fucked up and uh, and they not only affect uh, uh, Indians they affect um, uh, non uh, they they affect they affect natives of mixed ancestry who are not white, so um, black natives, yeah. for example, um, uh, Asian natives. There's a really big conversation in the states right now about this um, this woman who's being uh, 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 this native woman who's being uh, offered the uh, or being considered for the job of um, minister of the interior, uh, and she's she's a native woman from Oklahoma. But she has this problem where she actually supports the disenfranchisement of black natives in Oklahoma. Hi. And and so, you know, there's this really fucked up like Jim Crow law that's like happening right now in Oklahoma because unfortunately, this is just a fact of history, some natives help, uh, like like own slaves. And when they freed those slaves, those those men were given um, uh, because they were na- because they were partly native, they were given allotments of land, and so okay, and so um, the uh, the the Black Wall Street story of Omaha, uh-huh. those people who those uh, that Black Wall Street uh, was not a product of capitalism working out for black people. They were given allotments of land by the state because they were native, and so that's why they were able to build up a really prosperous. Uh, neighborhood in that in that city 
which then the United States bombed. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, like there's a ton of uh, issues surrounding blood quantum laws, but I think this, this movie, which we should probably get to at some point, yeah. uh, it, uh, really don't, does. Don't let me cut you. Don't let me cut you off though. I'm like, this is, uh, this is both extremely interesting and like important information to, to for sure talking about, I think. So you, you, for sure. you, you talk yourself, however you ever, you talk about however much you want to talk about. And then we can talk about this fucking cool ass movie with the Katana grandpa. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie, um, you know, you know, Jeff Barnaby, the director has talked about how this movie deals with colonialism and deals with, like you know all that stuff and it's a really easy thing for people to grasp when they you know have sort of like lived in that like uh in that life of like being able to deconstruct colonialism and being able to um sort of talk about it in a way and and learn about it in a way that allows them to see how it still affects people today but i really want to stress that like there are motifs and images in this in this movie that for that are rewards for people who are in that world but i think it's a really important thing for people who aren't familiar with that world uh and especially indigenous history uh recent history to um to get that in so i will try and point out those things and i think make those connections when we go through the film but yeah yeah, it's it's a very it's a very uh loaded movie with a lot of um references and uh but also you know it's it's a movie with very serious um messages but it's also fucking kick-ass yeah like in addition to it in addition to like the important in tradition like i i i could kind of feel that vibe about this movie that like it is talking about something you know important but also on top of that this movie kind of this movie just rules (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah so uh you want to get into it let's get into it so we start on the uh the uh red crow indian reservation in 1981 and we meet our first character, who is a fisherman named. Uh, was it Gisigu? Was that the? Was that his name? Gisi, yeah, Gisigu, yeah, Gisigu. Um, and which is uh, which is Mi'kmaq for um, old man. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's a very, so, it's so very. Uh, it's, it's the equivalent of like a you know a, a Japanese character being named uh, OG. <laughs> yes, like an old <laughs> just or just. Oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Oh, that's 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 good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he's just like fishing, and he's like, "All right, I got my salmon. I'm gonna gut these things." And I I have the thought here of like, no food looks good in preparation. Like when when you are going directly from corpse to raw materials, I think that like no food looks good. Like you take a you look at a deer, you look at a cow, anything going from like anytime you have to extricate materials from a corpse it's not looking good fish is the worst to look at though in my opinion yeah even even some of the really big um even some of the really big fish because like once it gets to that level of like preparation everything just looks so alien and out of and like out of this world like um like like watching like um even like squids and stuff like yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty gnarly. I guess there's I I you know not to never to hand it to Lovecraft, but I guess there's a reason that he went for fish in Shadow over Innsmouth. Yeah, 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 certainly, and certainly the reason that Bloodborne went for fish when it did its Shadow over Innsmouth DLC. Yeah, yeah, you know now that I think about it, yeah, it's just, it's like fish are like they're the closest that we've come to comprehending the horrors of the depths. Yeah. 
fish are, fish are fucked up, but these fish are like extra fucked up because they are regular salmon, but he like cuts all them open and they've got, the, they've got all their tummy guts hanging out and the fish start like flopping around. Like they're still just alive and like just fish out of water and like they don't have their entire stummies open. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's a very great shot. Cause like first it's just the, uh, it's the one fish, uh, who he knew, who he just gutted, um, starts, um, flapping its tail and then all of them, around around the it's his so uh, workbench cool. it's really yeah. cool also this movie takes place in 1981 yes the entire movie and 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 you know it's it's weird until i looked at my, until i looked at my notes i didn't like clock that as being the case like i they start off with by saying hey this is 1981 but i didn't clock that the entire movie is that i guess yeah there is a time jump uh in the film but it's but it's only six months Okay, yeah, there yeah, the, god, this movie has a time skip. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to the to our our reaction to the time skip, but uh yeah. Yeah, so uh so uh Kasigu um cuts open the salmon and you know, it, he sees like all the fish go nuts and then he um he uh he sort of goes like, "Well, that's weird." And then we cut to unfortunately uh a uh, shop Sheriff Trailer. Uh yeah. that's trailer with a Y L O R, not yeah. I L E R. It's yeah, it's Taylor with an R in for, uh, right next to the T. Oh god, it is. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so so no, uh, tra- no, uh I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. My son is also named Trailer. <laughs> uh so yeah, Sheriff Trailer, uh he uh gets a call from uh his ex-wife who's a who's a nurse her name's joss mm-hmm. um like the director yeah. <laughs> uh and uh she uh uh he walks over he walks over uh t- he meets um another villager his name is uh uh moon is that the, is that the guy played by gary farmer it is yeah that uh, yeah uh and so he uh he goes over he meets moon and he uh uh, trailer unfortunately has to uh, euthanize a dog who yep. is dying, mm-hmm. and uh, it. yeah, and uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. And um, he uh, puts it in his trunk and he goes meets up with his with his ex wife, right? And uh, they have a son together named uh, Joseph, yeah. who has been arrested. Yep. Hey, our son is our son is doing. Our, our, listen, hey, our listen, son, honey, trailer, sheriff, trailer. You're my husband. I, I well, you're my ex husband. I used to love you. Uh, our son <laughs> is posting so much cringe. They put him in prison uh, with his fail brother in law. And are we ba- are we are we doing fail parenting? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really yeah. It's a really kind of uh, hilarious scene where she's like. You know, you have to go pick him up, and you know they won't release him to anyway. But you and he's just like, yeah, well, I don't know how to deal with this kid, so you know, oh well. And so trailer, uh, um, has yeah. So uh, Joseph was arrested for vandalism, uh, yeah, and he's he, in jail. He's in jail with his half brother uh, named Lysol. Yes, his vandalism is so fucking funny, though. <laughs> Oh my god! So they, so they they call it vandalism, but what it is is that uh, we get a flashback to the night before where he like he hucks like an empty like I'm assuming like a whiskey bottle into a river at, while he's on a bridge. Then he climbs up onto like the 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 framing the structure of the bridge, 
and like perches up there and takes a fat shit on someone's car driving on some old lady's car while she's driving over the bridge. The aim, the timing, the size, the everything. And it's then, like and then he fall, he he lands the shit on her front windshield and then he falls from the the bridge structure onto her back windshield. Yeah, after yeah, after he lands this fucking potato sack of a shit on this woman's car he then you know what it looks like it looks like the fucking the the fucking shit that that, that's in the youtube poop logo (laughs) yeah yeah. and and so and then after doing a bit uh one big pile of shit he then takes a mick foley and does a back bump on the back of the woman's car (laughs) one big shit and she do what i foley oh Uh, so so he uh surviving um the back bump of a lifetime he gets uh put in jail with his half-brother lysol and also some random guy who is who is seems to be unwell but he just gives us the finger from behind a wall and tells tells us i won't talk for another five minutes or so yeah um lysol and joseph have the same father and so and that is trailer so yeah they're hanging out in jail and they're sharing a cigarette which you know it's something that you really can't do now. God, but I, um, I oh god, I think I was I, I think I expressed this to you yesterday when we were watching it. But like, I I've maybe smoked like twelve cigarettes in my life. Most of them were from like a drink. Like I had a drinking buddy in college, and whenever he smoked, I would smoke. Uh, oh yeah, is this the person who um uh 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 who who was also your makeout buddy? <laughs> get, yeah, get my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, it's it's fine. It's just yeah, I'm just yeah, trying to yeah. connect the yeah, Sarah it lore. It's they're, they're, they're also the reason that they're also the reason that uh, I I always think about clove cigarettes. Oh yeah, yeah. So whenever you listen to sixty nine love songs, yeah, you get to that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. You, I I I I was just saying that like I would give so many things to be able to just have to like i've been thinking about how much i want to share a duber with people but like i would give so many things to just share a regular ass non-jazz cigarette you know you know i think what should should probably come back is those um you know those like long like uh pokey sticks like cigarette holders that a sexy woman would have at a bar yeah, yeah, I I know them from I know them from the Titanic, but like people should like do that now. Uh, friend friend of the pod, uh, guest of the pod, previous guest of the pod, Quinn uh, was talking the other day about how Faye, uh, uh, they Faye don't do it very often, but uh, sometimes Faye will like just plug a joint into one of those things and just like live as decadently as possible. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, I don't I don't partake I don't partake myself, but like. That's gotta be a one way to like really move towards legitimizing weed is just sort of do it, do it very well, you know, yeah. and, and and make a show of it. I'm smoking, I'm smoking fat doinks out of my Genesis and peep pipe, <laughs> and uh, and maybe what you could do is like have like one of those, have one of those. Sorry, but sorry that my French is terrible. Genesis and uh, peep. Peep the tobacco. This is not a tobacco pipe, baby. <laughs> yeah, and maybe what you could have is like one of those like really comically large joints, like from like Cheech and Chong, but smoke <laughs> them out of like a trumpet or something. That That's what makes it a jazz cigarette. <laughs> oh, just smoking an absolute chode of a joint out of a berry sacks. 
Exactly. Oh. I've just, I, oh my God, the word showed, like, ever since, have you seen I Think You Should Leave, the Tim Robinson sketch show on Netflix? I have not. I have not. There is a scene in that, there is a scene in one of the sketches where someone just uh, is talking about a baby, like a baby's, like, chubbiness. Like, this baby's in the 99th percentile, and someone remarks, oh, we got a certified chode on our hands, and I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the word chode has really been just taking up so much real estate in my brain. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a good word. Yeah. So yeah, so trailer uh, has to go to the jail and yes. bail out uh, uh, his his is both both of his fail sons. Yes. Uh, the one that he kind of loves and the one who he never really interacts with. Um, yeah. So he, he, he cares. He cares Joseph, but does not really care tra- uh, Lysol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, um, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Before he goes to the jail, he actually meets up with uh, uh, Gasigu, yeah, uh, the yeah, yeah. human. He sees him, and then he sees that the uh, the the fish in his cooler are all like absolutely no tummy and still flop and still flopping around like crazy. Exactly, exactly. And so they uh, they start to um, sort of get a little bit of a weird feeling about things, and so they decide that they're going to burn the fish and the dog that they found in a barrel. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Trailer looks at uh, G- Gasigu and says, you, I, 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 I now diagnose you with cop and deputizes uh, uh, yeah. Gasigu. Uh, Gasigu, although, by the way, who is, I believe, Trailer's father, uh, because he's referred to as grandpa by uh, Joseph later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Trailer and Joss, uh, the ex-wife, who is also a nurse, yep. uh, they go into town to free Joseph uh, from jail and mm. and and Lysol as well. Yeah, and uh, they bro, have bro, a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joseph said, "Bro, you are posting bail. I am going to lose jail time." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry. Oh no, it's it's uh, fine. It's just I I knew that there was going to be. Yeah. A couple of crimes from, Listen, from, from from your end. All I do is crimes. But yeah. uh, tra- trailer and Joss show up, and they talk to the the. Is he uh pol- just a police? He's not like the the head the, the police chief or anything, right? He's just like a, a standard cop. Yeah, he's a standard cop in a in a in a in a town outside of the reservation. Uh, also, um, the Red Crow Indian Reservation is not real. It's 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 kind of an amalgam of a bunch of reservations, but it's huh. also supposed to take place in Quebec. Um, I- Jeff Barn Jeff uh, made a movie called um, Rhymes for Young Ghouls. That movie also takes place in the Red Crow Indian Reservation. I so yeah. I I'm I'm curious. Is there like a is there like a reason that I, I I feel like like the 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 there are two things that I have seen in recent memory that have like created a uh, like an Indian reservation out of whole cloth uh, to ju- for the sake of a story and I just don't understand why I feel like like the first time that I saw that was in uh, Infamous Second Son, which features an indigenous an indigenous protagonist but from a completely made up tribe. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. That I, I could like, I could see why the bad decision was made there because it was like that's Ubisoft. It's you know French people and shit. 
Uh, I think that's Ubisoft, yeah. at least. But this is like a uh, like this is like all an indigenous cast. In, uh, uh, um, the Wikipedia calls uh, yeah Jeff Barnaby is a Mi'kmaq director per Wikipedia. I- I'm curious what the reason for making that up. If you can think of one, if you don't, that's yeah. So um, I think probably part of the reason is for is for Jeff to have um, a a nation, uh, sorry, a reservation that exists um, that he doesn't have to necessarily uh, account for, um, like who would be. Uh, which nations would be stationed there. So um, I'm from Six Nations of the Grand River, which Mm -hmm. is a reserve just outside of, um, just south of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are obviously Haudenosaunee people there. So Oneida, Mohawk, Seneca, Onondaga, um, Cayuga, and Tuscarora people there. But there's also Mississauga people there. And and there are some people who live on reserve who are not Haudenosaunee at all and who are like Ojibwe, for example. And so, when you have a reserve, uh, at least in the in the, in in Canada, it, there can be a little bit of wiggle room in terms of like what nations people belong to on that reserve. Okay. So so when he says like <clears throat> the Red Crow Indian Reservation, he wouldn't like no one would ever introduce themselves as being of the Red Crow Nation. Right. They okay. would say, I'm Mi'kmaq from the Red Crow Indian Reservation. Okay. And so and so I would never say somebody, you know, I'm uh, I would I would I, mean, I would say I'm I'm Six Nations because I'm Haudenosaunee, but like if I were to introduce myself to somebody, I'd say I'm Oneida from Six Nations of the Grand River. Okay. That, uh, and so that and makes, so it, it, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. So in Canada we we it, it, there's a little bit more wiggle room. So yeah. I yeah I, I yeah. think it makes like no, no matter what the re- no even if the reason was the exact same as the same as the reason that the Ubisoft guys did it which I don't think the reason is but if if it is uh no that was Insomniac sorry I'm getting off topic but even if it was the same reason like Jeff Barnaby has a lot more uh freedom to do that as uh an actual you know like indigenous person than uh you know the the developers at Insomniac do. For sure. I would say that as far as video games go, um, probably top of the list for uh, for for kudos probably goes to I I'm not familiar with the series. I only know about the series. I actually know about the, I only know about this game because uh, of a video that someone posted about it. There's an Assassin's Creed game where you play um, a Mohawk person. Yes. Uh, and yes. And that person, and, and like they actually go went ahead and they actually hired people who speak the language and who, um, like like know about like Haudenosaunee culture and like actually did some did a little bit of research. Um, and what I think is cool is that there are multiple indigenous people in that game, but you only you play the only Haudenosaunee person, and so there's a strained kind of relationship between your character and other people from other nations who are in that area because it takes place at a very, at a time where unfortunately uh, inter uh, um, uh, conflict between nations was still pretty, um, pretty, pretty uh, apparent. So uh, Haudenosaunee people sided with the British during the, uh, uh, during the American revolution um, because they believe that the British well, because they signed treaties with the Dutch that the British then later signed on to as well. And so they saw themselves as 
British allies and Americans uh, were supported mostly by um, other nations. <clears throat> so when the fighting got on, you know, there were there were indigenous people on both sides who were who were who were caught in the crossfire. And so when the Americans won the uh, War of Independence, the Haudenosaunee people had to leave upstate New York, um, Wisconsin, uh, uh, and and really the 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 uh, the New England area in general, and that's what and that's why so many Haudenosaunee people live in Quebec and Ontario because they were literally just pushed north. Yeah, and there are still some people who live in um, uh, there's still some Haudenosaunee uh, people who live in the states. Like there's in Wisconsin, there's still an Oneida um, reserve. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, uh, when the when the British were kicked out of America. They kind of like were like, okay, well, we're just going to give the people who allied with us land, and they just stationed us all along the border, just in case America came back. Uh, uh, indigenous people would be the first line of defense, basically. Oh, that's there's, that's 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 awful nice of them. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a reserve in Quebec that actually borders Canada and the United that, States. That's like the exact opposite of giving your little brother a controller and not plugging it in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like they ha- they're 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 the only one plugged in. It's like and it's so, like someone it's like someone is trying to beat the shit out of your older brother, and your older brother just like holds you up in front of the in front of you to deflect the. It's like the end of the dead zone when the bad guy holds up a baby to shield himself from the main character sniping him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like well, if, if if we die, it's your fault. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, oh. it's, it's uh, yeah, history, history. It's, thank you. It's sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but yeah, so uh, we yeah, yeah we we meet the police chief, uh, not the police chief. This this guy who's also just a cop. His name's uh, Shamu, and they met. They they're like, all right, let's go get your two sons out of the clink trailer. Uh, and then there's a guy, another guy in there who's very who's very who's sick. He pukes up blood. He's very violent. He bites Joseph. Uh, and Joseph's like, uh, okay, well, thanks for getting me out, Dad. I'm gonna go to the hospital get this checked out. And his girlfriend's there. Yes, yes. Uh, Joseph uh, is is uh, a very young man. He's probably about like eight, like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen yeah, around there. About that. And he uh, he has a girlfriend. A, a, he has a, a girlfriend named Charlie. She's non-indigenous. Yes, and she's pregnant. So, and, uh, uh, she's, yeah, where, uh, she, his girlfriend Charlie is like they're like thinking about getting an abortion uh, and. Right, and uh, Joseph goes over, and there's this like this sweet I don't know this this kind of this nice moment of like, hey, so do do you want to go through with this? It's you know it's your decision, and she just like shakes her head, and Joseph is like, okay, and yeah, I liked it. Yeah, and 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 you know, I think that um, at this time, you know, in the '80s, we're really starting to move into a little bit more of the. Um, uh, of like the sort of um, we're moving, we're 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 about fifteen years from this at this point around from like residential schools just about to start being closed, mm-hmm. but they're less popular in the eighties and and uh, than they were in the seventies and sixties. Yeah, and so you know this uh, Joseph who is like you know he's from a pretty messed up family. His mom and his dad don't get on and. 
he feels like he uh, doesn't live up to his dad's expectations, yeah. and also he doesn't want to become his dad. Also, his, so his, he, also his mom's a nurse, and his dad is a cop, so there were probably a lot of nights where he was at home having to make dinner on his lonesome. Yeah, and so you know, he asks Charlie um, if she's like uh, ashamed of him or em- embarrassed by him, and when she says no, he's like, "Okay, then let's do this thing. Let's let's try and make it work between." Uh, you, me, uh, you, we, me, and Dupree. The and Dupree. Yeah. Also, by the way, babe, how do you feel about Dupree as a name for our baby? I just, Why are you I walking just, away? I just love Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, as um, you know, as somebody who, uh, you know, my my brother had a child uh at a very young age as well, uh, sixteen, but like you know, uh, there's this sort of feeling that like when you're a young parent. Um, he's told me this, that like when you're a young parent, you kind of have to, you grow up very, very fast. And so you, you know, even though he's a year younger than me, like he, he actually managed to make it work and, you know, he, and uh, he, like I, now I'm an uncle. And so I have like this nephew who's really cool and smart and stuff. And so, you know, having continuity within the family is a thing that we're still struggling with. Uh, as indigenous people today, because yeah. uh, indigenous children are overrepresented in uh, child care and child um, uh, welfare system, and, and like there, there's a lot of children who just end up sort of being shopped around to foster families, and you know it's a very it's called the millennial scoop because it's a it's really a continuation and worsening of the sixty scoop, which was like you know literally children being taken away from families who were so broken and traumatized by residential schools that they were not able to take care of their children and so you know yeah it's a it's a it's a thing that we're still dealing with and so to have that show up in this movie in a very it's not an over the top way where joseph's saying i don't want to I don't want to repeat my dad's mistakes or whatever it's just kind of like it's unsaid but it's sort of it's there for people who understand the reality of the situation in like real life terms. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping back just like uh, about uh, like 30 seconds ago, when you said uh, indigenous children are overrepresented in, for some reason, my brain was, uh, was thinking you were just about to say like in like movies. And I was like, you know, I don't watch that many movies that aren't horror movies. So I'm not going to, call John on that one, but I, and then you said, uh, well, you said you said. well, 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 you know, as far as I'm concerned, Baby Yoda is indigenous, so you know, you know what? like, <laughs> you know what? We take those. Yeah, yeah, we 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 claim Baby Yoda immediately. Hell yeah! Uh, if yeah, it's like it's actually kind of funny how. So wait, does that, how does that, mean, qu- does that mean regular Yoda also? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, like you know, basically, I I I could see it. You know, I could see him. I could see Yoda being like a a, a sassy old uh, man who just kind of asks <laughs> asks his uh, his his um, his grandchildren to help help him around the house. You know? Yeah. Hey, dig that car out of the ditch. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> use the force. I will not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shovels in the garage. They are. 
Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, trailer and uh, trailer uh, liberates um, uh, Joseph and, uh, and Lysol from the hospital. So Joseph goes, hangs out with uh, Charlie. Yep. Uh, but we also missed a thing, which was that when they, when um, the, uh, when the, uh, the white man who is uh, spitting up and vomiting blood attacks uh, Joseph, he also attacks um, the uh, white sheriff. Shamu. Uh, yeah, yeah, the white chief, yeah, Sh- um, the white police officer, sorry, yeah. uh, Shamu. Shamu, yeah. And, and uh, when that happens, it's kind of one of those things where it's very subtle in the sense that, like, they basically knock him unconscious, like, with the butt of the shotgun uh-huh. that he's got. But um, uh, he just immediately gets back up, and we cut away from that scene. Yeah. Um, we we have yeah, but it's a very to like uh, we have like a small scene of like jaw no 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 the the, the thing I'm thinking of is uh, later go on you were saying yeah just the, just the, the the subtle storytelling of like the <clears throat> police officer gets bitten by somebody in the tank and all the indigenous people leave the scene and we only see the repercussions of what's happened later mm-hmm. um uh so yeah do you want to pick up uh, after the uh, the hospital scene, yeah. Well, so the hospital scene happens. We we get the the Joseph and Charlie stuff, and then we also see like uh, Joss because uh, that's the hospital that Joss works at. Uh, who is uh, Joseph's mom? Uh, also, yeah. sorry, jumping back real quick. Um, when when uh, trailer goes to the the jail to let to get uh, Lysol and uh, and Joseph out, Lysol calls uh, trailer a sperm donor, which is a really funny insult to huck at someone. <laughs> Yeah, especially when they're your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very, it's it, you know, it's like sperm. It's not high on the donation morality scale, right? We were talking, but it's still on there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think, I think, don't <laughs> political com- political compass. Where like top right is donating blood, top left is donating sperm, <laughs> bottom left is uh, robbing a sperm bank, and bottom right is robbing a blood blood bank. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything else goes in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Organs straight in the middle. Uh, robbing a regular, robbing a regular bank is uh, compl- uh, middle far right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we're at the hospital. Joseph talks to his girlfriend Charlie, and then uh, uh, Joss comes running through. Like, there's a big code happening. We also see like another white doctor run past, and he's like all bloodied up. He's definitely gotten bit. And we don't really see that much until later, because what happens next is that uh, Trailer gets a call from another indigenous guy named Shooker, uh, and he's like, hey, man, the some some shit's all fucked up. And so Trailer goes to his place and uh, gets attacked and bitten by Shooker's girlfriend, who has also eaten their baby. Uh yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, quick shot of the uh, of the the white girlfriend from behind eating the child, yeah. and then uh, and then just like turns around and just charges trailer, real, uh, real Saturn devouring his son type shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You 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 don't. There's no close ups of the actual child, but uh, it is some very uh, creepy shit, and it and it immediately comes at you like right away, like like oh, you know, like because uh, Shooker is kind of despondent, but also he may be inebriated, yeah. and so you kind of get the sense that like oh, it's a it's a domestic dispute or whatever. And so trailer goes into the 
the, the house and he sees something that like would 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 mess you up if you saw that yeah, for real. Yeah. So he gets attacked by the girlfriend and yeah. I just one of my small qualms with this movie comes from this, which is just like I feel like it is such an unnecessary trauma, I guess, to visit upon of the the you know the 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 zombie woman attacking her uh, attacking her child. Yeah, like, it happened in um, Day of the Dead as well. It the in, remake. It happened um, in George's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not to a not to a prominent character or anything, but. But yeah, yeah, babies. I think infants in horror, especially, are such a. They're they're such um they're 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 a very touchy thing to happen because right. it's the like the thing is that like if you if you like if you like if I'm watching Final Destination two and I see that scene where that eleven year old kid with the frosted tips gets absolutely obliterated by a pane of glass falling on him I'm here for it I'm hundred percent in for it <laughs> but like if you have like a if you have new baby just out and you're and you see the mother of her of that baby just like flossing her teeth with its like with with its muscle with its musculature. Uh, that's not good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we still want to, uh, we still want to emphasize, fuck them kids, but also, yeah. eh, <laughs> not that, there's, not there's, that there's, young and there's, also it feels like a bit of, uh, I, I was really, it's, it's not quite as much as like, you know, having a pregnant woman be killed. Uh, yeah, I just feel like there's just like a bit of like misogyny wrapped up in that somewhere. Yeah, it's a very interesting, um, yeah, it's yeah. You we, we could pontificate over it forever, but it's yeah. just a very shocking image, and it sort of signals that this movie's gonna gonna kick it up to twelve once in a while. Not yeah. it doesn't go full tilt like a like a like a Rob Zombie movie or anything, but like it is gonna uh, frank, frequently turn up the volume on on the uh, the shock and horror and gore uh, stuff. Yeah, which is fitting for a zombie film. Right. Uh, 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 and so, uh, and so. Speaking of that, there's a really, uh, really cool, uh, cool shot where um, trailer runs out of the house and the uh, the, the the girlfriend uh, chases after him, and uh, he eventually gets the upper hand and loads a shotgun, decides not to use the yeah, not to fire the gun, because and, she starts attacking Sugar, and then uh, trailer is like, okay, I gotta get my fucking. Get, like his hands are like shaking and he's like alright I gotta load this shotgun and then he walks over to where she is like attacking Sugar and he like just bashes her skull in with the butt of the rifle does not, or the butt of the shotgun does not shoot it once which yeah like, it's a it's a very it's a very cool scene it is it's like yeah. natural yeah it's a very natural scene but there's like um there's a red tint to the the lighting because it's like I shot at night and like the cop Top car lights, yeah. uh has its lights on and it's like almost a scene out of like mandy yeah it did feel a little bit mandy s there's another there's another mandy ish scene later shortly after where they uh, oh yeah they uh so they drive they drive away from there and shooker's having a bad time trailer is also having a bad time because he gets a call from joss and it, she's like don't get bit and he just like looks at the bite mark on his arm and is like oh shit that's probably gonna be a problem later uh, they wind up meeting with uh, Charlie, Joseph, and uh, who's the third person in the hospital? In the uh, yeah, Joss is with them in the ambulance, uh, and there's also some uh, some woman just like in the ambulance with them, but she's been bitten, and so she goes absolutely 
she she just goes absolutely zombie mode on them. Uh, and they, they, they convene with Trailer and Shooker, and then who pulls out the, who does the, because we get this shot of a, I don't remember which one of them is being pinned down, but one of them is being pinned down by the zombified woman, and we get, like, this first-person shot of her face getting chainsawed through. Yeah, that's, um, uh, I, that's, I believe, Trailer's being pinned down by the, yeah. the woman in the ambulance, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, she gets chainsawed. In the, from in the head from behind so we just see the blade come out of her face and oh my gosh it's a very almost argento style like 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 kill yeah but like but like in that mandy way where it's like you know you have to yeah you had a very loud chainsaw to it and i believe the chainsaw is being wielded by um i think shooker i believe so yes and yeah it's just one of those things where like they're on the bridge where the, the where the 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 giant dump took place, and now <laughs> it's Joss, Joseph, Charlie, Trailer, and and um, uh, and uh, Shooker who are just like standing on the bridge and just like, well, shit. And then we cut to six, six months later. Months later, <laughs> this the, shit is this shit does a time skip. Yeah, thirty minutes in, boom. We're, we're going straight to the good stuff. And so, you know, uh, Jeff treats us to what basically happens six months after uh, uh, a zombie outbreak. Although they don't call them zombies in they this movie. They call them Zeds because it's important for you to know that they're Canadian. It is. It is important for us to know that. And so uh, what, what I think, what, what I actually think is kind of funny about this is that so... Zed is the is the common word that we use for Z yeah. for the the final letter of the alphabet. But what I think is so fucking funny is that like there's this idea that like you say you we say Zed because we're Canadian, and when you're an indigenous person, when you hear people say because we're Canadian, you're kind of like, are we though? Yeah, you know what? Good point. Are we? Are we all? Because you know, I got we got we got we have treaties made out of wampum beads that are older than your country you know what you're right and so and so when i think i think what's funny is that like you called um i think that like i would love to see a scene where like they call them zeds not because they're being funny and like it's like z like zombie but also zeds like they're dead but like we're gonna call them zeds because they're the Canadian ones. Yeah. They're the non. <laughs> right. They're the because they're the non-indigenous ones. So we've, we've, they're Zeds because they're Canadian. Right. We you know we, we talked we talked about it, but uh, the the whole thing is that the the uh, the indigenous people are immune to being zombified because of their uh, like the the title implies based on their blood uh, to some extent. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of interesting, and not actually something that's said. Yeah, it's not. It is. It is. It is referenced outside. It is referenced like out loud by some characters, but it's ultimately not a thing where they're like, uh, "Indigenous people are immune to the disease." Right. It's there, just that trailer never, gets never, bitten. There's never a scene of someone saying that it's because of our blood quantum that we can survive. Oh this. God. Oh yeah. And I that think would be, that would be. I think whack. it's for the best that they uh, don't use that exact word in this movie. Because exactly. It. Feels, it I, I mean. You know, it felt. It, it, I think if they did it, it would feel a little bit like you know the master's tools type type uh, type speech. 
Exactly, exactly. And and it, and it would be just too 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 um too uh, gauche for that. And I think what I what I love so much about this um this movie is that it served it takes a turn and it, and it's willing to play with some of those like uh, that term and some of that like language but like you don't really have to think about it too much uh if you want to you don't have to think about it and uh, get every reference to enjoy the film yeah and and i think what i love so much about the specifically the blood thing is that they learn it they learn um that they're immune because joseph and trailer get bitten and they don't turn yeah so there could have been a whole scene where it's like is it just trailers family or is it is it every indigenous person and they could have expounded upon it and done a whole lot of this movie could have been two and a half hours with the exposition that they could have done Uh if they tried to explain every indigenous reference or indigenous history reference in the in the movie but they don't and so this movie you know just flies by and lets us lets the audience sort of pick up on the stuff that's happening and so right it's like uh it's yeah it's the uh uh and i i uh, apologize i i would like to say in advance i'm sorry this is an infantilizing comparison but it, it's like watching a pixar movie with your kid and you're an adult and it's like there's enough there's enough there for the kid to get but then you the you the adult you're like ah i see no, it's a very it's a very apt point because it's just good storytelling. Yeah, it is. They don't they don't so, they don't need to explain anything, and if there's anything you're left in the dark about, do some fucking research. Yeah, and so uh, or, or watch or listen to fear baiting and, yeah. and hear me explain some exactly. of it. Exactly. Everyone, uh, listen, everyone listening right now is like that one image of the guy like floating on a hot air balloon of his own brain. <laughs> Yeah, um, and so we 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 get introduced to the camp, which is kind of this um, blockade kind of camp thing that they have set up. Um, yeah, it's, it's your tip. It's your typical like zombie uh, zombie fort, mo- mo- like zombie fort type area, for sure. Um, let me just look up the name of this uh, photograph really quickly. So there's a scene that happens with no dialogue. There's a scene that happens um, uh, once we get a sort of like a before, just before we get a really close up shot of the, uh, uh, sorry, of, of an establishing shot of the camp where Lysol, who is wearing a fucking amazing outfit, he has like this leather jacket with all this paint on it and he has this um, painted mask. Um, Lysol's great. Um, he's a shithead and he's really uh, not a great person. But um he does this thing where he walks up to this zombie that has no arms or legs and is chained to the wall outside of the camp and it's like you know gnarling and it's like flashing around and stuff and he walks up to it and he has um his bandana on and uh oh also the uh the the zombie is wearing like a military outfit and like a helmet yeah and they stand face to face with each other and uh at the time i thought like you know i really kind of want don't want to explain this scene too much to to you at the time but this is actually a reference to a very famous photograph taken oh. during the oka crisis it, it, i couldn't put i couldn't put any sort of finger on it but like i i did feel like this was like it, like say like making a symbology of something of that i did not personally understand 
Like, yeah, it, and it, so it felt like the same feeling you get when someone references like a uh, 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 a fucking uh, oh god, I had the the guy who drew the guy who drew all those pictures of like diners and shit, and that one diner with no exit. I'm completely off track. <laughs> oh yes, Nighthawks, the yeah, the, the, yes. the 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 painting called Nighthawks. Yeah, it's yeah. like whenever. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna splice this to make it a good joke. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, okay, so get ready. Get ready for this one. It's the same feeling that you get when you look at an Edward Hopper painting, and you see uh, you're like, well, you're, or you see a reference to an Edward Hopper painting, and you're like, well, I don't know what that's referencing, but it feels like it's referencing something. But anyways, if you want to post, yeah, that yeah. in the in the server, for sure. Yeah, the the painting the the photograph is called Face to Face, and it's a um, it's a a member of the. Um, of the warrior society for the Yoka uh, camp staring at a, um, a member of the Royal second, second regiment, uh, 22nd regiment. Okay. Um, uh, and so the Yoka crisis, um, also known as the, um, the, uh, uh, Ganawage, um, encampment, was a moment in Canadian history uh, in 1990. Um, basically, the town of Oka, Quebec, uh, wanted to build a golf course. And in order to do so, they wanted to um, um, completely clear a traditional Haudenosaunee, um, specifically Mohawk, graveyard to do so. Okay, like, so obviously any clearing of indigenous lands for the sake of non-indigenous, like, purposes is bad, like, but, like, there, there's, like, a sliding scale of that, like, it's all, it's all terrible, but, like, that is, like, the, <laughs> clearing a graveyard so that you can play golf on it is, like, that is, <sighs> Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad, and so that uh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, literally I'm myself a little bit. They watched the they watched the Poltergeist movie, and they were like, "I want to try that," and they want and they, and uh, with my golf course, and so they so the, yeah, the, so there was an occupation, and uh, the the crisis basically was the um, the the Mohawk people of Ganawage didn't want that shit to go down. And so they occupied the area that the graveyard to, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, was in. And so uh-huh. they started a blockade, uh, very much like the current ongoing um, blockades at 1492 and Lambeck Lane and other places. Yeah, um, I was listening to uh, uh, the, it might be a couple of weeks old at this point, but the citations needed episode talking about the uh, protests happening in uh, Hawaii uh, regarding yes. the te- regarding that telescope being built. Yes, yes, um, yeah, and and yeah, the, yeah, the, there are many that, actions taking yeah. place, and if, so if, if you want to learn more about that specifically, I recommend listening to the. Hold on, I'm going to shout out the because they had uh, 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 an indigenous scholar on to talk about it uh, at uh, two of them actually to talk about uh, at length. Uh, Hell yeah! Citations needed. Yeah, so the uh, so the image is basically the exact same uh, reference. It's a indigenous man wearing a bandana and glasses uh, and carrying a AK forty seven. He is staring down um, this man named Patrick uh, uh, Cloutier, uh, who is um, 
a member of the army because uh, Canada called in the army to stop this blockade from happening. And so, um, you know, every time someone says like Canada, they have uh, they have socialism in Canada uh, and uh, they're not falling apart. Um, just just keep in mind that the Canada has called the police, the military and the RCMP multiple times to defend private businesses and private corporations um, uh, against indigenous people. The Oka crisis was uh, the, the, the thing that took place just before I was born. Uh, and and uh, my, my mom, actually, while she was pregnant with me, um, uh, was, 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 was told by her grandmother um, to participate in actions uh, of solidarity, like protests and marches and stuff. And so, yeah, so it was really a thing that, like, that is the world that I was born into. The world had just watched uh, as a group of Mohawk uh, people, like, single, like, tried to stop encroachment on their lands by the government. And, you know, that's not ancient history. That was, like, a, the year before I was born. There's a great, there's a great documentary about... Um, the Oka crisis called Ghana Satake 270 years of resistance. It's almost certainly free to watch somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, it is, it is a, it is a film by a woman who was at the camp. And so there are scenes where they are blaring sirens into the camp and, you know, pointing guns at indigenous women. And it's uh it's a hard watch, but it's really important. And, yeah. you know, I think that the, the very least that we can do is be aware of the fact that indigenous people were kind of experts at building up camps and blockades and stuff. Yeah, because, I, uh, I yeah. finally found that episode that I was looking for. And the reason it took me so long is because uh, my podcatcher, I guess, decided to serve me an episode from about a year ago because the original episode went up on uh, November 20th of 2019. Oh, um, wow. But I mean, I I was you know I was just like I, I was like looking at my podcast podcast and I was like oh hey there's a, there's a, there's a citations needed from a couple of weeks ago I didn't actually I must have missed out on but it was just uh, my podcatcher being like hey you missed this one from a year ago uh, yeah thanks podcatcher well I hey I said thank you uh, but yeah it's the the episode's titled uh, news brief uh, a conversation with indigenous media resistance on Mauna Kea yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. Um... Very and, and I believe still a thing that's very much um, relevant uh, still and still happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a, it was a really good up. It was a really good episode. They talked to uh, 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 Mikey Inoye and uh, Elima Long, who are uh, they? Uh, they are they are uh, ha, ha, uh, Hawaiian Hawaiian natives uh, and working. They were people who are like filming and working with the people who are. Uh, doing the direct action on Mauna Kea. Hell yeah, good episode. Go go listen to it. Yeah, I should I should really get into citations needed because they do good stuff. Yeah, but anyways, uh, the, I before we go back to the movie, I just want to say the that the that image of the Oka crisis looks. Re I, I love that image because the little the the fucking jarhead looks like he's about looks like he is either about to piss his pants, just pissed his pants, or both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like in the he process like of he is trying so hard not to pee his pants. 
yeah and you know i think that you know this um the image is very evocative and it was very widely published because um you know really you know the framing of the of the photo is such that like the only weapon we see in the photo is like held by an indigenous person and so the reason why the photograph was very popular was because it was like oh there's this armed terrorist faction in uh, Oka, and then there's like the little Canadian army who are just trying to keep peace and just, order. I, I, I'm just a, I'm just a little jarhead, Mister. I, 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 I'm just a little itty bitty arm of the settler colonialist machine. Oh, I'm just a little little cog. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. Uh, all of that aside, um, that one scene that happened, um, <laughs> Blood quantum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we get a shot of the camp and, you know, things are going pretty okay. There's, um, the first thing we see at the camp, uh, the first like, like, like event that happens is, um, Joseph and, uh, Charlie come back with, uh, a group of survivors who they found, um, while patrolling the, ca- uh, the outskirts of the camp. Uh, they find this, this white dude who's got like micro hair. He's got like a ginger beard and he's got like, uh, he's got, you know, sideburns and stuff. And he's, and he's got an injured, uh, uh, woman with him, uh, who I believe is like a young teenage girl uh, or something like that. And there, there's this other woman whose name is um, Lilith. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, they so they so they get interrogated. Uh, they're like, "Well, what's going on? Why is this person injured?" And they're like, "And so and so, uh, the white guy is kind of hemming and hawing, and you know, saying um, like, oh, she just she just hurt herself, and so she's yeah. injured, and so she's she, I'm carrying her or whatever.'" But then uh, uh, they take uh, a look at her neck, and they're like, "Hey, she's got a bite. You have to you you can go in the settlement, dude, but your daughter can't. Please go inside." And uh, trailer pulls out the fucking sickest axe I've ever seen. Like it, it's like it's got te- this axe is like it looks a bit like a labrus, and then it's got like teeth all over it, like it's a chainsaw. Yeah, it's it's sick looking, and um, I'm, I'm yeah. really sad I didn't get to see any zombies get torn to shreds with it. Though I did get to see zombies torn to shreds by a different weapon, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We um this this movie's really got it all, and so yeah. um this guy, you know, he he begrudgingly he and uh, Lilith are begrudgingly allowed inside of the camp, and um. Yeah, so uh, one there's of, one a, of the one of the people who is working the camp. I don't this this wasn't uh, th- I don't remember what the hell I, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but it's it's like it's like Lysol's kind of like girlfriend. Uh, oh yeah, that's um, that's that's a uh, oh what's her name? Her 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 name's James. James, okay, yeah, that's a. I, I hate you. You love to see that. Fuck, fuck yeah, it. <laughs> fuck a gender prescriptivist. Fuck gender prescriptivism when it comes to names. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Johnny, James Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash said a boy named Sue, and we and in the sixties, everyone said ha ha ha. But in the in the now, Johnny Cash would say a boy named Sue, and we would all be clapping. You know what? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would. Yeah. 
So, but uh, she, but she, she turns to the guy whose daughter, like literally five minutes ago, not, not even five minutes ago. This guy was like, like less than 60 seconds ago. This man was like torn away from his daughter who he was absolutely 100% killed as soon as he stopped watching. And she is like, can you stop having cringe emotions? The, listen, <laughs> your daughter, your daughter's dead. This shit all sucks. We've all lost people. And we like, yes, they have all lost people, but also like, Give the guy, like, an hour or two. Like, let him <laughs> decompress a bit before you're like, get over it, buddy. For sure. You know, we're re- we're really sort of, like, in the in the shit with that. And so yeah. the he, guy... He, the guy offs himself as a, as a result of that. Well, as a result of many things. I don't know. I don't know if not saying that to him would have meant he did not slit his wrist in the bathroom. Uh, for sh- Yeah, for sure. We, we, we have a... Unfortunately, we have a moment where... Um, Actually, because Lilith goes to Joss and is like, and Joss is like, hey, are you been bitten? And Lilith's like, does anyone ever say yes to that? And Joss says no. And Lilith says, well, then no, I have not been bitten. But then Lilith goes to the bathroom and lifts up her shirt and she's been bitten. Uh oh. But um, uh, at the back of the bathroom, we see just a bunch of blood oozing out of the stall. And we see the, the dad who has uh, opened his wrists up and just uh, bled out all over the bathroom. Yeah, so the camp does have, um, does host like non-indigenous survivors, but they're yeah. very much like, you know, um, kept away from the uh, the warrior society. And um, also, like they they some of them host them very begrudgingly. Like Lysol's one of Lysol's major motivations is to say, uh, like, hey, hey, I don't want to fucking put these people up anymore. They're not immune. They're a danger to us. Yeah, and and so there's a tension between Lysol and the and and uh, and uh, Joseph because when Joseph brings uh, and Charlie bring this uh, group of white people to the camp, um, Lysol immediately starts waving his gun around at them, and Charlie steps in front of Lysol in between Lysol and the girl who's being put on the ground, uh-huh. and uh, he aims the gun right at her stomach. While she is visibly pregnant, because she is still yeah, that's you know. like I, I, I another thing that this 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 is the part of the movie where I was like, I'm gonna be pretty cross if this woman dies before she has her baby, and I'm gonna be pretty, I'm gonna be kind less cross but still somewhat cross if she dies after having her baby. Yeah, yeah, and so and so Lysol, um, you know, sort of like has this like sort of like kind of attitude where he doesn't really want to help anybody; he just kind of wants to keep the people uh, who he cares about safe, but also he is very much at that point where he doesn't know how to do any of those things because um, he ultimately uh, does some stuff that puts everybody in harm's way. Yeah. Uh, So after the father dies, uh, a trailer is brought into the uh, trailers told by, um, I'm sorry. did, did, Did a guest just arrive on your desk? (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no sorry i just uh i just bumped my mic a little bit oh i thought i thought i heard the sound of like a kitty coming up and purring i have five cats they all hate me oh, so no. <laughs> so whenever so whenever we're in the hkip and i see am animals and i see cats and dogs and lizards loving their their owners i'm like god i wish that were me smile is smile is giving me a 50 yard stare right now because i didn't give her crickets yesterday and she's very grumpy about that fact but if listen, b- listen, smile. I'm talking. I'm talking to you, buddy. I know you're listening to this podcast. If you can just, if you just eat your vegetables, that's a lot of. That's going to be a lot of good for your tummy. 
yeah, you know, it's just, you know. I mean, I guess that's also, that's also me at myself. Like, my lunch today was some fucking, uh, uh, some Tyson brand Buffalo-style chicken tenders and tater tots cooked in the oven. Oh, the fuck energy meal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I always call that meal. The fuck energy meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, there's a recreation of that vine where that person says, this chicken's almost as juicy as my ass. But just say, this is my fuck energy meal. This is... <laughs> This is the meal I eat when I'm about to pound when I'm about to absolutely pound someone's mouth. <laughs> I um, pound my mouth before I pound. <laughs> listen, dude, pound your own mouth before listen, I'm pounding the mouths of others. You, listen, listen. If I'm gonna suck your dick, do you or do you not want a like a ring of buffalo chicken flavored stuff at the base of your dick? <laughs> So the father uh, dies, yeah, and trailer has to go in and uh, yeah, trailer takes care of that, takes care of him. Uh, and then uh, Lysol has a shelter away from the compound, and uh, uh, and they have a where, bit of a they have a bit of a party there. Yeah, they have a bit of a party there, and uh, Joseph's there, and Joseph's like, "Hey, Lysol, what you doing?" And then he walks into the room where he where he and Lilith were. And Lysol, or Lilith is chewing on Lysol's penis like a like an uncooked hot dog. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's after um, it's after Lysol tells the story to Joseph about um, getting caught up in in like you know just shenanigans and being a real creep about it, and you know he he Lysol indicates that he wants to. Uh, Lysol indicates that he wants to seduce um, or be with Lilith, uh, yeah. and like he sort of like puts the moves on her. And um, before Joseph meets Lysol, uh, Gary Farmer, who is a a a a very famous uh, uh, actor, like he was in Ghost Dog, he was in um, Dead Man uh, with uh, with Johnny Depp. Uh, fuck that guy, but. Yeah. Also, you know, but Gary Farmer is really great. He's a he's a very well known actor. Um, if you are indigenous, it is your it is one of your jobs to have at least five or ten different references to this one movie called Smoke Signals, which is, I believe, the first movie ever to be directed and starred an entire indigenous cast. Um, Smoke Signals is a movie that like is like a meme among indigenous people, but Gary Farmer plays um, the role of the main character's father in that movie, uh-huh. and so Gary is a very well known actor, very beloved actor. Yeah. Um, Gary t- uh, Gary Farmer's character, uh, whose name is Moon, he tells this story about he he sort of starts philosophizing and pontificating about like the nature of the 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 zombie outbreak and everything like that. And moon and Lysol are very close. And, uh, moon says something. Um, and we have like this animation sequence where, um, moon talks about, you know, maybe, maybe nature created this outbreak and this virus so that she could finally find a use for white people because she's so sick and tired of, um, human beings treating her so poorly. 
and uh, Moon says, "Who knows if we are? Uh, who who can say whether indigenous people, whether we are immune to it? Maybe the Earth has just forgotten us." Yeah, and it's a uh, it's this, and there's this really cool like animation shot of um, uh, Lysol uh, stabbing this. Um, this like zombie head with um Lysol also has a really cool weapon. It's like this um it's one of those um like very long weapons with a blade at the end. Yeah, it's like, like a spear kind of. It, it, but it it, it, it kind of looks like it, like if you took like a traditional like a two-handed side that you would use for like cleaving grain uh and then you uh you took off the side end and you made it a spear. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm sure someone who is in HEMA will probably know what it is, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a nerd, so you know, I, I, you know, I'm a jock who likes to fuck. No, I'm just, I'm you're just a jock who loves to fuck, and so you eat Tyson brand buffalo style chicken fingers <laughs> and tater tots every day. This podcast is not sponsored by Tyson brand. Tyson, Tyson baby, ty, ty, Tyson baby flavored buffalo style chicken tenders. <laughs> They're made of something. <laughs> They're made of things. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting um, kind of like monologue a little bit. And then Joseph, uh, who is like me at every party I've and, ever well, been to. Yeah, we, we get this little monologue and there's also a shot of uh, uh, Moon uh, obliterating a bunch of zombies on the bridge with a snowblower. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's how they secure the bridge is that yep. they create like this wall barricade and they just have the snowblower just going yep. <laughs> and it's, Moon's, just it's, like, Moon's just like sitting in there, turning the snowblower on. He like sits back, like eats a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a real sense that like the people who are close to Lysol are kind of, you know, um, have like their own ulterior motives. Like they're the kind of people who are all too eager for there to be a zombie apocalypse, so they can enact some of their fucking uh, inherited uh, traumas or whatever. And like it fulfill their fantasies of of power fulfillment, but um, you know, first of all, there has to be a uh, there has to be a violation of that power. So Joseph, as we mentioned, walks into a room where he where uh, Lysol and Lilith are, and yeah, Lilith is yeah, she has uh, uh, Lysol's severed penis in her in her mouth. Yep. And it is. Uh, <laughs> she said, hey, wow. "Said, hey, babe, I know you've been having some bottom dysphoria lately. Let me help you out." Oh, oh. you can't! You can't! <laughs> I mean, you can. Like, it's your, it's your right. But oh god! Listen, <laughs> earlier, early, earlier in this episode, I was about to say I'd give my left nut for something, and then I was like, "Well, I would give my left nut for very little." Like, <laughs> but you can just have that one for free. I would give it away for whatever someone else thinks it's worth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, she bites off his pee-pee, and he, like, he kind of, like, recovers from this pretty uh, quicker than I would expect, I guess. Like, I guess adrenaline and eating to, and trying to not die really goes a long way, but he is, he really, like, recovers from having his whole, his whole ass dick bitten off. Yeah, I'm not a scientist or anything, but, yeah. like... He is he man he manages to walk and like he like he not without assistance. Yeah, at he first, manages to walk. Like, and he also manages to betray everyone because Joseph's like, okay, we gotta restrain her and take her back to the to the settlement. And Lysol's like, yeah, okay, uh, you're gonna do a lot of the heavy lifting. My penis is gone now. 
Um, but so they, they like, they, they, uh, they tie her up basically. They bring her back to the compound, but then Joseph's, but then Lysol's like, fuck you, fuck this entire thing. He stabs Joseph and then he like lets Lilith loose in the compound who just, and she just goes absolutely like, you know, she goes absolute sicko mode on the entire fucking camp on everybody. Yeah. And it's, and it's really fucked up because like the camp, uh, is where, all of the survivors live, not the warriors. So yeah, the warriors, when are G- all, the warriors are all out like securing a gas station trailer. Uh, Gisigu, uh, Gis- sorry, Gisigu, uh, someone else who we haven't met much, who we haven't talked about before, named Bumper, and yeah. I think uh, Shooker is also there. They're all like trying to like secure a gas station for like supplies and such. Um, yeah. And they walk in, and this is when Grandpa Grandpa Gisigu uh, displays his incredible katana skills. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah. We didn't mention, but Grandpa Gisigu has a katana. It's it's so fucking brilliant, and like like the 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 head cannon in my mind is that uh, Gisigu. Uh, this is nineteen eighty, so let's say Gisigu is like sixty years old, right? Sure. He would have been old enough to enlist to be to to have enlisted in the army. Yeah, and somehow some way ends up in japan and i and my and my headcanon is is that that's a katana from japan oh absolutely. and so yeah he's just and so he's got time. this katana and he's just going fucking ham yeah uh trailer kills one zombie in this gas station uh, yeah, a uh bumper where, where like trailer and bumper are like scouring the first floor and then all of a sudden like through a window the top half of a zombie falls and like dangles from like a second story window and we see that like Gisigo has just like cut this zombie in half at the tummy and just dangled it by its tummy entrails. Uh, no, actually that's Bumper who chainsaws that's, okay, that that's zombie right, in half. It's right, it's the it's the Because they open a sliding door saw saw movie style. They open a door and inside this room is a pile of 10 zombies. And, and in the th- middle and in the middle of all of them is just Gisigo's <laughs> sh- sh- sheathing his blade. He says he says nothing personnel can and just puts his sword away. <laughs> Zom dead. Boom. Yeah, they say they say Zed, and Gisigo says Zed's dead. Throws the head at the camera. But Hell yeah, yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> give Gisigo a movie. Yeah. Oh my god, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So uh, after the um, after. Uh, the uh after Lilith is set uh loose on the camp, um Trailer and Gasigu uh they come back and they find that the count the, the camp is overrun by zombies, so they start hatching a plan to uh to get um to get uh because the thing is is that as Lilith turns the non indigenous people in the camp uh, then the problem gets worse and worse and worse. Right, because so they because to- the the indigenous people in the camp they are immune to being turned into zombies. They are not immune to having zombies rip out their in their innards. Exactly. So uh, they have this really uh, they have like this ingenious plan, which is probably something that I would probably come up with in like a D and D game or something, where. Um, uh, they put, uh, I believe it's trailer puts a eight track cassette in the in his car and starts blaring music. Right. To, now, if, and if, if this was if this was you, I know we're running long, and but I keep going on tangents. If this was you, what song are you pump, are you bumping in that cassette tape? Because I think I, oh. I, I well, the, the thing I toss in that eight track is uh like it's absolutely one hundred percent bad moon rising. Oh yeah, you, you know you know if I know I'm in a horror movie. 
yeah. Gabby Bad Moon Rising because that Got song it. fucking slaps. <laughs> or like, or just like some some fucking J Rock shit. Like, <laughs> no, you throw on Caramel, you throw on your A track of Caramel Downset. <laughs> <laughs> Clear- oh my god! I just want to clarify that I'm well. That for anyone who is going to at me on Twitter about this, because I have friends who will, I know that Carmel Donson is not J Rock. It was the train of thought that I was on. Please, th- please understand. Please bear with me. <laughs> Anyways, just cutting off zombie heads with your grandpa, with your katana grandpa, while you, while just in the background, there's dance on it or job But you have to do the dance. Oh, you have to do the dance. Oh my god. Uh... Okay, well, you took you took the the best option, so yeah. I'd probably have to go with the third best option, which would be, um, uh, oh my God, what's the name of the song? Uh, Ballroom Blitz. That's another. That's another good one. Because because I a I love Wayne's World, and b that song actually is supposed to be played during a fight. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's like I think you could like do like half of the Steely Dan discography also. Yeah, just you know, get, just like put on Ricky, don't lose that number, and just, just yeah, boom, oh, that's not Ricky, don't lose that. That's that's something off Asia. Anyways, I digress. Uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, want to say. Oh, like, like, sorry, I I just realized that uh, the uh, JoJo Part Two, the the Red Stone of Asia, it's it's uh it, it is possibly both a reference to the band of asia but also the steely dan record of aja asia asia uh, yeah that's 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 very possible because jojo's just 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 wacky like that it is it's bizarre very bizarre but uh so in this attempt to like save people in the camp all after after lilith has gone sicko mode uh trailer does die yeah, trailer to manages to uh, uh, get uh, Joss, Joseph, Charlie, and uh, a few of the other survivors uh, into a position where they could run away, and he would hold back the zombies. And he uh, ends up uh, not being able to do so. He, well, he's able to have them escape, but um, unfortunately, he's trapped under a door, and uh, Zed's just uh, uh, eat him. It's a very it's a very uh bittersweet uh um moment because on the one hand they were able to escape but on but also we lost trailer. Uh so the one good cop uh whoever lived dies in this movie. Yeah. Uh <laughs> uh and uh so yeah there's a confrontation between um uh so when they so when Gasigu uh, uh, and Bumper meet up with Joss, Joseph, and Charlie. Uh, oh, oh! There's a scene where um, Kasigu and Bumper are driving in the car, and they get a call from Doris, who is the dispatch yeah. o- officer. Um, Lysol has her uh, kidnapped, and uh, uh, she tells Kasigu to uh, uh, go to the church, which is where they were all going to agree to rendezvous if they ever got lost or split up. Uh-huh. A- and um, uh, Doris gets killed by a zombie because of Lysol. R.I.P. Um, Doris. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, Lysol and Moon start uh, uh, doing some really fucked up shit in uh, the church. Um, uh, they uh, uh, Moon is pouring gasoline on, like a people uh, with the idea being that like uh, they would 
attract zombies to the church and then set the people in the church and the zombies on fire. Yeah. Uh, but before he can do that, um, Gisigu, the the most incredible character to ever exist in the movie, just absolutely jams the katana through half of his head. Yeah. It's not quite a clean cut. And so, like, it's like he gets in and just like, boom, just like done. Yeah. Absolutely just 100% finished. dead. And then, uh, so Gasigu, uh, 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 sort of chastises James and says, you know, like, cause James is kind of helping going along with Lysol and Moon's, uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Gasigu, like, tells Moon to, uh, tells James to sort of act, uh, you know, like, get your head out of your ass and t- where's Lysol. Uh, and then, um, there's a scene where, uh, Joseph and Kasigu and Lysol, uh, all meet in the, uh, the graveyard outside of the church. Uh, and, and, uh, Joseph stabs Lysol with a knife. And as Lysol is laying on the ground, uh, Gisigu takes his gun and fires it into the air and, and attracts. Then he him. says, "Now all of China knows you're here, dying on the ground." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, uh, Lysol gets eaten by zombies. Yep, it's uh, uh, and so yeah. we, we've got Ch- Joseph, Charlie, and Joss left, and they're about to go with Gisigu out into the wa- out into the water on a boat. But Gisigu is like, I'm not leaving this land behind. Uh, not, a, I, I'm not doing that. And so he's like, all right, I'm just gonna fucking be epic last stand, Grandpa. And then we get like another, and, and, and we haven't talked about that, but like every, like there's like three or four times in the movie where you get like like a, uh, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Like it's not anime, but it feels like like uh, the way you would see like the uh, an animation at the start of a live action superhero movie in like the early 2000s, kind of dealy. Yeah, um, yeah, not quite the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite supernatural. The anime. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just my body just reacted to that in <laughs> in a way it hasn't reacted to very much recently. So. Um, but yeah, so we get this, we get, uh, before we get the animation sequence, we do get, um, grandpa, uh, cutting off some heads and, you know, defending, uh, defending the, the, the shoreline basically from the, from the Zeds. Yep. And then we transition to the animation sequence where apparently Jujutsu uh, holds up ahead of a zombie and says, you will never pass this point. So... You could you could headcanon that um, that uh, Jasigu lives. Yeah, it's, he's doing he's doing Jon Snow last stand. But as we all know, Jon Snow did survive that scene where he squared up in front of an army of horse uh, in front of Ramsay's army of horses, like George Costanza in the batting cage. <laughs> exactly like that. So you know, Jon Snow survived that. Maybe Gisigu survived this, and Jon Snow is way much, way more of a, way more. Jon Snow sucks way more ass than Gisigu does. Absolutely, Jon Snow sucks so much ass that he get that he's got pink eye. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we uh, Joseph, Charlie, and Joss are out on the water, and they uh, J- Joss Joss helps Charlie have her baby, and the baby is. Fine. We, there were like some uh, explored fears earlier that Charlie had, where she was like, "Hey, I 
what if this baby is like not immune and it's going to eat me from the inside out? But it's that that doesn't happen. The baby is fine. Uh, Char- Charlie gets to hold it for a brief minute before she turns into Zombo, and then uh, Joseph puts a bullet in her uh, after taking the baby back be- and crying about it because she was going to turn into a zombie otherwise. And she yeah, didn't be, um, she didn't want to turn into one of them. Yeah, and 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 uh, Lysol. Uh, one of Lysol's last uh, uh, moments of of absolute betrayal was after um, Trailer uh, died. Uh, Lysol um, threatened Joss with a gun, and Joss actually managed to put down Lysol. Her uh, not her son, um, but the the son that uh, her ex had with another woman, and. Uh, but before he dies, he can open up the trunk and uh, he lets a zombie out. Yeah. And um, that zombie attacks Charlie, and that's how Charlie gets bit. Yeah. But at it, least at least the baby survived. Yeah, the baby, Joss, and Joseph survive. And the last scene is on uh, is a is a is a side angle medium shot of them in the boat. And. Uh, yeah, that's Blood Quantum. That's Blood Quantum. Uh, on a scale of zero to five Katana Grandpas, how many Katana Grandpas are you going to give this movie? Oh, I'm going to have to give this one... I'm going to have to go with the whole number because half numbers are for cowards. Right, no. if, if you got uh, half a Katana Grandpa, that means you just cut that man in half hamburger style and you've just got a torso of a Katana Grandpa bleeding out on the ground. And I could never do that, so I have to give this a four out of five. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's about that that's about where I'm at with this movie. Um I might go a little bit higher, honestly. I like this movie a lot. Like I, I wasn't expecting it to be like bad or anything going in, but like it certainly gave me more than I had anticipated. And I was really I I really enjoyed this movie. I'm thinking maybe like I, I, I hate to cut grandpa in half, but I might have to go up to four and a half katana grandpas. <laughs> maybe just you maybe, know, maybe it's just four four katana grandpas and then uh, a katana with no grandpa. Yeah, yeah, just a just an extra katana yeah, one, on one the ground, them, just in case. Dual, one of them is dual wielding katanas. <laughs> absolutely yeah this movie is great it has um you know it's 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 very much like a um it's a it's a it's a movie with ideas it's a movie with like things to say but it doesn't beat your head over uh, beat you over the head with any of it and there's good gore there's good scenes um i think with this movie that there are a lot of stuff in it like um there's it's a little bit tropey and that you that tropes that we may or may not be tired of as a collective society. Yeah, I, but I, I, feel, I, I feel like like with a, as with a lot of horror movie, I feel like the women characters in this kind of get it in the shorts. Yeah, which is which is a real shame because like, I it's think really funny um, for, it's really funny that Lilith bites uh, Lysol's penis off. But uh, by the time that happens, there are like two women characters left existing in the movie. And that's like at the 40 minute mark where that, that happens. Yeah. And and and. Charlie receives more characterization than James or Joss, which yeah. is weird because uh, she's like you know, one of the she's like one of the only white protagonists in this movie. Yeah, and 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 so and yeah, I, I would I would hope that um, you know I think that like w- when it comes to filmmaking, it's not gonna it's not this isn't gonna excuse any of the behavior of the movie, but yeah. I think because there are so few precedents for all indigenous productions right you know we're you know as a collective because we really that's what it is is when you're indigenous you're automatically part of that community you're part of that uh minority community you you 
because there are afford, we are afforded so few opportunities, we have less opportunities to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and so when we make films, maybe they are a little choppy. Maybe we do fall into some of the same pitfalls, but you know, we're, we're learning. And I think Jeff Barnaby is a person who I think, you know, blood quantum is a, is a real triumph for Jeff Barnaby, the the director of this film mm-hmm. and the writer of this film. <clears throat> and for, that to happen is really cool and will hopefully inspire a whole new generation of indigenous filmmakers. Like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, make films and I'm trying to write films. And so, you know, I'm glad that, uh, that there are people who are breaking the mold and who are out there doing their thing. You know, it doesn't excuse the tropes or anything, but I'm glad that we're on the right track with movies like this. I can't wait to see your first feature production at, at, uh, to to receive the Palme d'Or at Cannes in, at Cannes? Cannes? I don't know French. Uh, I I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Cannes. Yeah. Uh, the Palme d'Or at Cannes in 20, in, in 2026. And I will be there in the front row for it. (laughs) And I will, I will make my, uh, and, and if I win the Academy Award, I will make my Oscar smooch uh, Bong Joon-ho's uh, Oscar. There we go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to... Uh, I don't think we have any questions this week, so we're just going to go straight into recommendations. Uh, do, you right. have, do you have uh, something on the uh, on, on the top of your head to recommend? Because if not, I can go first. I do. I have two things right, to recommend. So let, let's bookend. You start, I'll do mine, then you go again. Cool, cool. So my first Lightbringer is going to be the YouTube channel Up, Up, Down, Down. It's a video game channel run by a wrestler. Yeah, that's the Xavier Woods one. Yeah, Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed. It's a fantastic channel. They it it's got such good energy. You know, uh, Xavier Woods is a really good um, person. Like he like he's just a really kind person, and I that really comes through in his uh, delivery and his his vibe and. Uh, up up down down is a it's a fantastic project of his and one and and like even if you're not a person who loves every game that's coming out and everything that's new there are there is something for everybody and the 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 wrestlers who make appearances you get to see if you're a wrestling fan you get to see a whole new side of them that you don't see on tv and if you are not a wrestling fan you get to see big buff uh super super athletes like you know, yell at screen because they're because they're not doing well in a video game, right. and, it's, to, and it's great. You get to see you get to see Xavier Woods, one of the, what like one of the most physically fit men on the planet. You get to see that man just like like ab- getting absolutely obliterated by his friends for his shit KDA in in Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and my favorite series on the channel is called The Party Plays, and it's Xavier Woods, Tyler Breeze. Uh, Adam Cole and uh, Cesaro, they they all play Uno together, and the the Uno games that they play are so funny. And uh, eventually, Cesaro gets a soundboard and he keeps using it to abuse his teammates and or, or, or his his co-hosts. And yeah, it's just great. It's it's a, it's a thing that they started during quarantine, during the beginning of quarantine, and as it's continued on it's just gotten funnier and funnier and funnier there's an episode where they do where they have a round of uno that lasts so long that they decide to instead of going for three rounds they go for one it's just great it's just the 
and it's just a really funny series. So yeah, yeah check out Up, Up, Down, Down. It's great, and yeah, I, I love it very much. Uh, my recommendation this week is going to be a song that I've been listening to a lot. Uh, per if Last FM is to be believed, uh, uh, I'm going to just pull up my Last FM. The song is called Wakuse Loop by Eve. Uh, not the rapper Eve, the Japanese uh, musician slash slash Vocaloid guy. I'm not entirely sure how they make their music, but um, my entire look <laughs> just just looking at Last.fm, you you can just see my recent tracks are all this song. Like in the last 24 hours, uh, I, I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna take a look at my top tracks. Uh, in the past seven days, I've listened to Wakuse Loop 22 times. And in the past 180 days, the second most, the song I listened to second most is six whole listens less than that. So I, I listened, I listened to that song so much just last night because I can't stop listening to it. It's got like this, this like really good like chip tune sound. Like I love the vocals on it, the fucking the guitar, the there's like this catchy little like like fucking the the very equivalent to the 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 home store runner strong bad emails where strong bad talks about uh. Uh, bands that make uh, lyrics just all nanas, dadas, and zoot doos. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, uh, uh, I forget the name of the band, but they're uh, they're the, I forget the name of the fake band in Homestar Universe, but the, their out their song "Feed the Childrens." Oh, limousines feed the childrens, and their song that goes na na la la la, hey hey doo doo doo. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's the name of the song again? Uh, Feed the Children's. No, no, the song that you're uh, oh. like bringing. <laughs> Wakuse Loop. Uh, W-A-K-U-S-E-I Loop. I gotta check that out. I have, um, I have, uh, I have a lot of friends who are into Vocaloid, and so uh, I'm gonna I- flex on them real big and say i know the song i don't know i i if i'm being perfectly honest i don't know if this is like i i think it might just be eve's actual voice unless vocaloid software has gotten really advanced oh wow uh but i i'm not entirely sure either way it's it's good it's by eve the same guy the same uh guy who did the op for this uh for jujutsu kaisen the show that i love <laughs> that you love very much yeah uh what's your other recommendation so my other recommendation is uh, going to be an uh, actual play stream. It's also YouTube-based. It's called NDND, and it's uh, it stands for uh, it's for it's it's an all Indigenous cast and an Indigenous DM playing Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons. Fuck yeah! It's really cool. It's super exciting. They just got started, and they're I think they're on their fifth episode, but um, they do live streams. Uh, every week on YouTube, you can find them at uh, NDND underscore official on Twitter. That's all capital NDND. Uh, they have um, so the cast is Sayana uh, uh, East, uh, Benny Dwayne Sully, Azzy uh, Dungy, uh, Lucas Brown Eyes, Joey Clift, and uh, Kelly Lynn D'Angelo. It's uh, it's fantastic. They're all writers and actors and comedians and stuff. So like, it, you know, it's 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 a really cool project, and I really want to give them a shout out because like, yeah, I think you know if we're going to talk about all indigenous productions, we should you know uh, look for uh, those trends happening in other mediums. Fuck yeah! So if you like D and D, check out ND and D. 
All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, drop me the link to that in the in the guest channel that you now have access to, and we'll put that in the show notes. For sure. Uh, thank you so much, John, for coming on this extra long episode of uh, Fear Baiting. Yeah, jumbo, I'm so jumbo, sorry to this jumbo sized spicy episode. Yeah, I'm I'm very sorry for for having extended the uh, the time for so long, but I uh, also. I think I deserve it. You do. <laughs> for for having to have sat through all of the crimes that you've committed verbally on this podcast as a fan, I think I deserve an extra, a little bit of extra time. Yeah, I really can't. I, I can't blame you. <laughs> but also I had a I had a good time and this yeah, this podcast is great and I and I yeah, I'm so happy to have finally made it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh where can people find you online? So you can find me on Twitter at uh, underscore flourish caster that's capital L uh, capital F capital C um, and you can find me on Instagram at underscore bedroom punk that's all under case um, you can also check out my radio show I do a radio show on local radio CFMU uh, you can go to CFMU.ca and look for the uh, show called the sound of shadows it airs uh, Thursday nights at midnight, so Friday morning. Fuck yeah. Uh, and yeah, Radio it's a really cool thing. Maybe. That's how yeah, I, absolutely. That's how, I, that's how I got my start. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, um, true, true Sarah Head will remember listening to my Friday night from 10 to 12 p.m. in a college town ass radio show that no one listened to. Oh, man. That's see, see. See, this is the Sarah lore that I needed. Yeah, is that like I needed to flesh this, out this, how did you get so good Sarah at podcasts? When I was when I was DJing the show, uh, getting it as DJ emo as DJ emo body in 2012. Oh my god, that is so. Oh my god, I love that. So I also much. I also had a short lived radio show with a friend called State of the Tunian, uh, and the. Uh, the, the 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 joke did not progress past that, except for the fact that I called myself Alexander Jamilton and my co-host was Benjamin Cranklin. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh. And you and and you and Blair um had a podcast before this. Yeah, we had one star cinema, which did not last particularly long. Yeah, yeah. But See, these are. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we we we. We 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 fail and we try before we yeah, succeed. Yeah, why, why, why do we fall, Master Wayne? <laughs> so that we may <laughs> podcast again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Fear Baiting. Uh, we, we are at Fear Baiting on Twitter and Patreon. Those are the main places we are. We have an email if you need to reach us, but we don't check it very often, so Twitter's the best place to hit us up. Uh, f- one buck a month gets you early access to episodes when we get them out. Uh, five bucks a month, you uh, get your name right on the podcast and a message right on the show. Ten bucks a month, all that, and you get to choose a movie for us to watch. So thank you very much to Ducky Aisha, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, and Michael Kaiser. We love you all so, 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 so much. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at SunHatGenya, and uh, I do other podcasts. Uh, I do Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Leftism Podcast, made by foreign of the Terminally Online. John was on the most recent episode, which I was also on. Uh, very, imprompt, very impromptu John episode that uh, you just started listening to the episode in the middle of it. We were like, hey, come on and talk about things with us. Yeah, the one time I was able to catch the recording, I was asked to come on. Yeah, we were just like, hey, let's fucking do this shit. Now you're an official host. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I didn't want to drop that uh, uh, in my plugs, but uh, yeah, I'm super excited, and you know, yeah, I, I I can't wait to to be part of the regular crew, and yeah, it's just yeah, it's, I'm super excited, and I'm very very humbled and very thankful. Yeah, we're th- super thankful to have you. Uh, this you can also listen to me on the Wonder Yurks, which is an Animorphs podcast I do with my friends Blair and Seda, and you can also listen to me on my brand spanking new podcast that I started since I since you last heard me, which is called Special Grade Snacks, which is a Jujutsu Kaisen watch along podcast I'm doing with my friend with my very good friend Kay, who was on the Mars Attacks episode of Recent Memory. If you happen to hear that one. <laughs> Uh, a very good episode. It's, about, it's a good podcast. It's about a very good show. and But most importantly, it is doing the service of keeping me from talking about Jujutsu Kaisen and every other fucking aspect of my life. I am so fucking annoying about it right now, and I fully recognize that. And I'm glad that I'm able to channel that into a, disc, a, a Discord server and a podcast all about that. <laughs> I I haven't watched an anime uh, fully since um, Doro Hidoro uh, uh, was released on Netflix. So I have actually been trying to think of getting back into anime. So I, I, Hedora, I actually, Dora Hedora is really fucking good. It's vi- it's it's so good that like I just didn't want to watch a- any other anime. I was like, you know what, Dora Hedora was one of those animes that was so hyped that like I was actually kind of mad when I watched it and it was actually that good, right? Like, so th- like I can't believe a s- one single anime like on its own completely converted my my uh how i feel about 3d cgi anime yeah and and you know like you know i like everyone's got their uh, opinions about um about 3d animation but like i'm just kind of like in it for like a good story and so a a good watching and it doesn't it doesn't hurt that two main two two large players in that story are two of the biggest women you have ever seen oh my god i i i've made a D&D character specifically modeled off Noi. She's um, so good. <laughs> and yeah, and and so yeah, uh to that point I was thinking about like like if an anime is uh what I want to get into, uh what should I get into? And so Jujutsu Kaisen really just kind of well, I think because we we run in the same circles, you know, like it was a thing that I kept hearing over and over again, so I was like, "You know what? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start uh, watching it and start uh, listening to that Let's podcast along go. with it. Oh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, For sure, yeah. Special grade snacks. I do that with my friend Kay. We've done like three episodes so far, and we're doing a fourth one like an hour after we're done recording here. Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you very much to Matt GameCube and Noise. Excuse me, need more coffee. Thank you very much to Matt GameCube and Noisepace.xyz, the podcast network that this and all those other shows are so luckily hosted on. Uh, great fucking podcast network. Thank you very oh, yeah. much to Seda, who did our incredible intro music. Uh, you can find them making music under people you meet outside of bars on Bandcamp or head to gaygothvibes.online for a quick link to that. Thank you very much to Blair, who might have edited this episode, might not have. I'm not entirely sure if he's going to, but either way, he does do most of my editing for this podcast. So, shouts out to Blair. Uh, And I think that's everything. So, until next time, uh, and uh, we we are back on Red Griff's schedule, by the way. So, there's going to be an episode next week, an episode the week after, then a week off, and then three on, one off, etc., etc., so on, because we're back in the swing of things. So, until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm John. Fuck Thanksgiving, and remember... You can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. Good night.